Welcome to the third episode of Jersey Finance's Sustainable Finance podcast series. I'm David Postlethwaite, Sustainable Finance Lead at Jersey Finance. I'm joined today by Matthew Beresford, Head of Expatriate Banking and Community Bank at Lloyds Bank International here in Jersey. Matthew, welcome. Uh, do you want to say a few words about yourself and your role before we get into it? Yeah, thank you, David. Uh, very good to be here. So I'm uh, one of the directors at Lloyds Bank International, and as, as you've explained, David, I head up the expatriate banking team and the community banking side of things for, for Lloyds Bank International. Thanks. Now, Jersey launched an ambitious sustainable finance strategy earlier this year, which puts us on a pathway to leadership uh, as a sustainable finance centre by 2030. Now, that strategy recognises the role and responsibility of the finance sector in Jersey in supporting the transition to a sustainable economic model, both globally in the way capital is deployed through Jersey structures, for instance, but also locally in the way finance uh, industry firms uh, support the local transition agenda. And and that local transition agenda is driven by both uh, the local community's commitment to sustainability, but also increasingly uh, the government of Jersey's policies in this area, uh, following the state's uh, assembly's uh, declaration of a climate emergency in 2019, uh, and also, of course, the uh, the, the global drive uh, towards uh, decarbonising the the uh, the economy, for instance. So at Jersey Finance, we see our role as bringing together all the different stakeholders, industry, government, the regulator, and other actors, mm-hmm. to ensure that we're all working towards the success of our strategy, which is ultimately uh, resting on uh, delivering genuine credentials for sustainable finance on a sustainable island. And so in this series of podcasts, what we want to do is showcase some of Jersey Finance's member firms and their actions in this area. So what are they doing to embed sustainable models into their businesses, whether that's in terms of their client offering or at an an organizational level in terms of their own operational model, uh, how they are incorporating ESG factors into their DNA. So in today's episode, I wanted to explore in particular what role an institution like Lloyd's can play in the fight against climate change. Now, COP26, as listeners will know, is the uh, conference of the parties, the UN uh, Climate Change Conference, which is just around the corner. This is a crucial conference on the pathway to achieving uh, the targets set in the Paris Agreement. So keeping global temperature rises below two degrees. All countries are now being asked to submit their new long term uh, goals to address climate change and the climate emergency. And this has been described as the, the world's last best chance to avoid the worst effects of climate change. And it comes, of course, after the IPCC report earlier this summer painted a really stark picture of the effects of climate change if we don't take immediate action. So, Matt, with that in mind, can you explain a little bit about the commitments that Lloyd's is making in respect to climate change? Yes, of course. So um, Lloyd's Banking Group is a very large organisation, as I'm sure you're aware, with several brands underneath it. So these brands extend to over 26 million customers. And as you can imagine, We have lots of different initiatives underway, but these can really be summarised into three climate pledges, which will accelerate our plan to tackle climate change. So these are, first, uh, we will achieve net zero carbon operations by 2030. So we plan to reduce our direct carbon emissions by at least 75% compared to 2018-2019 levels. The second of these is by 2030, we will reduce our total energy consumption by 50%, again compared to 18-19 levels. And whilst we already procure renewable electricity, it remains crucial that we reduce the amount of power we consume to support the UK and the Channel Islands in meeting an increasing demand for renewable energy. And then last but not least, the third one, 
Uh, so we will maintain travel emissions below 50% of pre-COVID-19 levels. So embedding for the long term the reduced levels of commuting and business travel emissions seen during the pandemic and again supporting our colleagues to switch to low carbon modes of transport. So that's that's great to hear and it has real resonance with us as an organisation as well. So the focus on measuring uh, impact, reducing carbon footprint, that's something that we at Jersey Finance are currently working on. And I think we understand the challenges that this can present, particularly for smaller organisations. We're a small team here, um, but even a company of our size, there are real complexities, I think, in relation to reducing building energy use, understanding the role of business travel and shifting the the staff commute, of course. These are real issues that that need to be overcome. So how are you meeting these commitments locally? I I hear you're making some changes to your property footprint, for instance. How will that impact? Yes, you're right to call this one out. So as with other organisations, we are seeing differences in our approach to how and where our colleagues work and we've committed to a reduction in the amount of travel we're undertaking that I just mentioned. So locally we are making some changes to our property footprint in Jersey with the majority of our colleagues being based in the one location going forwards. So that encourages collaboration between different teams. So we're also investing in a refurbishment of our Broad Street premises resulting in a new modern branch that will benefit our customers but also an improved office space above this for our colleagues to enjoy. The rationalisation of our property footprint reduces the emissions from our total Jersey buildings by more than a third, and similarly our property investments in Guernsey and the Isle of Man will reduce our carbon emissions further. So Guernsey will see a reduction of more than a third, and in the Isle of Man we predict that the reduction will be more than half. Wow, so what other improvements, aside from the changes to the property footprint, are, are you planning? So we're undertaking an LED lighting replacement programme with the ambition here to replace all lighting across our buildings over the next few years. Our Jersey branch locations are due to be in scope of the programme next year. Um, And whilst that might sound like a small change, we estimate that having an LED lighting installed will result in a 30% reduction in electricity usage by a given branch. So we really shouldn't underestimate that difference. In addition, we are also undertaking an upgrade to our building management systems, and these monitor and control energy usage in branches and offices, including heating, ventilation, air conditioning and lighting. So our St. Brillard's branch in Jersey is included in the pilot for this programme later this year, and the aim is to see a 20% reduction in electricity usage and a 4% reduction in gas usage in the branch. Other branches, including our St. Helier branch, are also in scope for this next year, which is great news. And furthermore, we're aiming to remove all gas from our offices and branches by 2030, which will mean replacing any gas boilers. So gas emissions are responsible for roughly half of our direct CO2 emissions. So replacing these is really key to reaching our pledge of being net zero carbon by 2030. Oh, that's fantastic. And of course, uh, gas is very topical at the moment. The, the fluctuations in gas prices as well, I'm sure that will lead to some uh, some efficiencies on, on the financial perspective as well, which I think points to uh, how actually embedding sustainability into your business can be, uh, can be a driver of business performance as well. Now, one of the key pillars of Jersey for Good, our sustainable finance strategy, is, is collaboration. Now, we're, we're working to improve partnerships at, uh, at a local level here in Jersey with the Sustainable Finance Steering Committee, which, uh, Matthew, you're, you're joining shortly to represent the banking sector, but also at an international level through our work with bodies like the United Nations uh, Financial Centres for Sustainability. 
So how important are collaboration and global networks to Lloyd's? Yeah, so go back a little bit. So personally, very happy to be joining that forum and can't wait to get started. Uh, and just to say, you know, Lloyd's Banking International, very open to collaboration. So if anyone does want to collaborate and reach out, we'd be very keen to hear from you. So climate change is a global challenge and it really requires collaboration across companies and industries um, to ensure that risks and opportunities can be adequately identified and managed. To support this, we participate already in several industry initiatives and we've signed up to key principles that drive action on climate change and sustainability. So these will include the BITC Environment Leadership Team, Climate Financial Risk Forum, Coalition for Climate Resilient Investment, UK Green Buildings Council Net Zero Commitment, and the Climate Group, to name just a few. In 2019, we were one of the first businesses to sign up to all three of the Climate Group's campaigns, and we continue to drive activity in these areas, and the commitments I outlined earlier really do support all of these. So how are you collaborating locally here in Jersey? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I guess I'll give you a couple of tangible examples um, in answer. So um, the first being through our Black Horse brand in Jersey, we are working closely with the motor industry, amongst other things, to support the financing of electric vehicles. We know the impact that transport has on emissions, so we're, we're working closely with that industry and also considering development of different products and services in that in that space. Um, and secondly, we've built a partnership with the Woodland Trust. We've committed to plant 10 million trees over the next 10 years. We're well on the way with this, over 1 million trees planted already, and this has a number of benefits for both agriculture and forestry. It will also help to fight climate change, provide shelter and shade for livestock, provide windbreaks to protect crops and improve landscapes. So we are running several planting events across our, all of our island locations, including here in lovely Jersey, and the next event will take place on the 1st of December locally. Oh, that's, that's really good to hear, and, and, and good to hear the reference to the the shift in the uh, in the way we get around the island as well, the move, the move to electric vehicles, which will play a part in that. As we know, obviously, uh, over half, I think, of our, of our emissions locally are, are generated by transport on the island. So finally, as, as I mentioned earlier, the UK will host the 26th uh, uh, UN uh, Climate Change Conference of the Parties uh, you know, later this month. So what are Lloyd's Bank's uh, initiatives to support its clients as we start to see you know, real tangible goals and, and pathways coming out of, of that conference, hopefully? Yeah, it's, it's a big moment for all of us, isn't it, COP26? So... This is about all nations joining forces to inspire action on climate change and we have similar purpose to inspire action in in our clients to achieve net zero carbon emissions and to build a more sustainable future. So as a responsible bank, we're supporting our clients leading up to the event with several client events taking place aligned to increasing awareness and education and really helping them. Uh, But the real work will of course come after COP26 Uh, We will have to adjust to what we expect will be and hope to be material announcements there. Uh, We are well placed to own the transition agenda with our clients for many years to come and we've got dedicated colleagues looking at the sustainable question uh, going into the future.
yeah, and I'm sure we'll be seeing much more um, activity and, and policy development on that front in the coming months in Jersey here as well. We know that the uh, recommendations of the Climate Assembly uh, are due to be debated later this year. And of course, we're expecting the carbon neutral roadmap from government, which will no doubt um, require significant uh, investment by the private sector. But that's a, a positive note to end on uh, in driving the transition agenda. Uh, so thank you, Matthew, for talking to us today. Pleasure. For more information on the topics we've discussed, including details of our sustainable finance strategy, Jersey for Good, and the two-year pathway, uh, head over to jerseyfinance.je. Uh, and on there, you'll also find the recent Jersey Finance In Conversation video where I discuss our evolving regulatory landscape with Matthew Clegg of the Jersey Financial Services Commission. And we'll be covering uh, recent changes to the regulation of sustainable investments in Jersey and how this mitigates the risk of greenwashing. But that's all from us for now. I hope you'll continue to follow our Jersey Finance podcast. Bye for now. 